right, all right. Welcome back, welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right, it's another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast time. I uh, got over being a little under the weather, so uh, bear with me if you hear a couple of, uh, you know, coughing outbursts or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's Victory Monday for my Steelers, obviously. Um, you know, so we'll get into that first. Listen, wasn't pretty, and they're not going to be. Um, but one thing you could say, for all the Kenny Pickett doubters out there, you've been quiet lately. You've been very quiet. And I understand, listen, you know, it's rookie year and, you know, obviously there's going to be, you know, some growing pains with Pickett. And I was thinking about this yesterday and, you know, I always said that Big Ben set the bar. And I was watching Ben Roethlisberger highlights yesterday and... You know, once in a while as a Steeler fan, you just get nostalgic and you, you know, you kind of go back to what you're used to having. And I could see it with Kenny Pickett. But to me, honestly, he will never be on the level as Ben Roethlisberger. I, it, to, to me, it, it's just Ben had that, 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 that toughness. And I'm not saying Kenny don't have it in his own way. But what I'm saying is, is that Ben had... Ben had another gear he can go to, and maybe over the course of time, if this offensive coordinator, because who knows how long we're stuck with this jerk-off, actually lets Kenny become what Kenny should be, and that is maybe the second coming of Roethlisberger. Does he ever surpass Roethlisberger? Only time's going to tell. But the elephant in the room right now is, is two different wide receivers. One is from a competitive standpoint. And obviously we saw George Pickens get annoyed yesterday. And rightfully so. And everybody's saying, here we go. We got Antonio Brown Jr. on our hands. And that's not the case. The guy's wide open 75% of the time. And usually it'll lead to a touchdown if you get the ball to him. But you can't necessarily blame Kenny Pickett in, in that scenario, or any of them, really, when it's the offensive coordinator who's telling Kenny every play to throw and you know, to run at this point. And I don't blame him for getting mad saying, throw me the ball. These one- and two-yard gains for Pickens are not what we drafted him for. We drafted him for what he did in Georgia. And go watch the tapes because you'll see exactly what he did. You know, you got Deontay Johnson. You know, I want my money, I want my money. You give him his money. And he drops a surefire, you know, touchdown pass. Wide open, drops it. And yet he's saying he's grown frustrated with the offense. Try catching a fucking ball once and not dropping it and actually scoring. And maybe he wouldn't be so goddamn frustrated. Try that one. You know, um, people are getting annoyed (coughs) also too. You know, Minka seals at the end of the game with the interception. And me and Jay were discussing this. Listen, Minka did a selfless selfless act. You know, he thought about the team first and not the stats. He cared about the team first and not you fantasy owners who had to steal a defense in in your lineup for the playoff push. Okay? As far as Minka trolling everybody on Twitter, I don't fucking blame him. Because 
if if you could sit there and you could type things to Lamar Jackson, and listen, I'm not defending Lamar Jackson at all, and you want to type things to to this one and that one, and then not expect to get trolled back in the same, you know, in the same essence, well, then don't fucking do it then. Um, you know, but as far as the Steelers go, you know, somebody tweeted out actually that there's a chance that they could win the AFC North, but you need like 9 million things to go right. And even with Lamar getting hurt yesterday and possibly out week to week, you know, they don't know how, how damaged his knee is yet. Obviously more tests will be done today. I'm sure we'll get, you will get the notifications and, you know, everybody on Twitter will be, you know, bashing a guy or wishing a guy well. Um, they still managed to pull off a win against the, you know, against the, you know, Russ can't cook Broncos. And, and you know, and, and that's pathetic because Baltimore's top guy goes down and the Broncos still can't do anything. I understand the Ravens have a pretty decent defense, but the fact that, you're going up against Huntley, the backup, and you still can't win. <laughs> you want to talk about you want to talk about guys who could possibly get fired before the holidays? Lovey Smith's one of them, along with the offensive coordinator there. Okay, and obviously Hackett's got to get fired. You put all this money into Russell Wilson, and it's not like you put much around him after the fact, and yet you can't win shit. Okay, you look across the league as far as significant injuries that may change or alter the course of certain team seasons and playoff pushes, and San Francisco is one of them. Garoppolo with a broken foot out the rest of the year. Now, could he make it back in time for the playoffs? <coughs> I doubt it. But then again, we've seen other miracles happen. So, but you look at that Mister Irrelevant pick. Everybody sits there and goes. Ah, who gives a shit, right? Some guy who will never play. The guy who won't do anything in the league and he'll just be a, a bounce-around journeyman from practice squad to practice squad, get called up just to fill a roster slot. Everybody said that about Mr. Irrelevant, Tom Brady. And look where Tom Brady is now. Now, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is going to be the next Tom Brady, but Brock Purdy did what he had to do yesterday. Okay. And Miami, who could have taken the AFC lead, not only just in AFC East, but in playoff seeding, and they squandered it away. And the offensive line, again, can't protect Tua, and Tua is hurt yet again. Now, all, all, all signs point to him playing next week. We'll wait and see on that one. Um, you know, it looks like, you know, the, the, the Jets and the Giants... Listen, if you're a Jets fan, you cannot put that loss on Mike White yesterday. Your receivers dropped passes at key opportunities that Mike White threw perfectly in there for you. Okay? But the fact that they were getting blown out and Mike White led them back is, is truly amazing. That's one. Two, the players have shown who they're siding with and if that don't tell you Zach Wilson's career in New York is done, I don't know what else to tell you. Because right now, it's Mike Wilson's job to lose. Giants commanders. Giants should have won this game. 
Giants should have won this game, but the defense went soft. They couldn't stop Brian Robinson. You know, there were times where Thibodeau could have blown up Tyler Henneke, and he's doing one of those stop-start goes like he's one of these new cars where he gets to a light and it turns off. You got to start it to go, you know, to get going again. And you wind up in a tie. And that hurts both your playoff chances. Because if the Giants beat the Commanders, they control their own destiny. But now you got to worry about Seattle. So, you know. But if you're a Giants fan, you have to take all this as a positive. Especially coming off of last year and being an utter shit show in the league. Now, we could talk NFL all day. And obviously we should be because, you know, we're coming close to the end of the year and a lot is happening and, you know, I know everybody's listening is waiting for me to discuss it. So I'm going to. The return of the Predator. Deshaun Watson. And you knew this was going to happen. First of all, I'm surprised that this game wasn't sold out for people to boo Okay, that's one. Obviously, the Texans don't care about this team. The fact that Watson's there for the opportunity for everybody to bash him, and they don't even show up for this. Okay? Obviously, there was one thing I seen where there was a massage table of uh, it's supposed to be Watson in his, in his Texans jersey. Unlicensed uh, massages accepted here. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, another guy wearing a shirt in Cleveland Brown calls says, bitch, I need my massage. Come on. But what Deshaun Watson you saw on the field, and people can sit there, all the Cleveland Browns say, well, you know, he hasn't played in 700 days, and, you know, that's like two years. That's great that Cleveland fans could do math. Um, um, um. Good for you. You guys could add. Good for you. But you guys can't step into the world of reality, and the world of reality is this, that Deshaun Watson's not bringing you anywhere. Your season is done. It's finished. It's cooked. It's like Russell Wilson. It's done. It's just done this year. It's done. Now, we don't know what happens over the course of the next three years of this contract. But what I can tell you is that this year is done. Deshaun Watson's not bringing you anywhere. And you guys are at, you guys are sitting there as Browns fans. And you're sitting there and you're treating this like he's the second coming of Christ. And he's not. Deshaun Watson was rusty yesterday. And okay, yeah, he hasn't played in 700 days. But whose fault is that? That's not That's not Cleveland's fault. Now, I'm, not, I'm not defending Cleveland. That's one person, one person only. That's Deshaun Watson's fault. So, I, whatever. All I know is, all I know is in... Like two, At the end of the year, T.J. Watt is going to feast on his ass. That's all I know. And you've seen, <clears throat> for those who didn't see, before the game started, Deshaun Watson runs on the field. He, he shakes hands with Cal McNair, and, you know, he, and he hugs him. And, you know, for a guy who's supposedly a, a, a racist and screwed Deshaun Watson over big time, you go over and you hug him and you, and you shake hands with him, whatever. But... The bigger story to that is that his wife wanted nothing to do with it. She was like, yep, yep, don't fucking touch me. You're a douchebag. Pretty much, you know, gave him the cold shoulder, turned the back to him. So, 
whatever on that. But let's get into what every person wants to hear about. So, listen, Friday night, I'm sitting at home, get home from work, and I'm scrolling through Twitter and Instagram. And all of a sudden, there's the Texas Rangers signed Jacob DeGrom. So I'm thinking, no, 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 it's not true because, you know, I'm not falling for the clickbait. And then all of a sudden, MLB Network makes it official. Five years, 185, six-year player option, which takes it to about 222. And here come the Met fans. Why didn't we give him more money? Good, he's gone. We don't have to worry about the injuries anymore. It's, you know, listen, you have the Mets fans that are happy, obviously, that you don't have to pay the guy. But you have the ones that are like, hey, you didn't even give the Mets a chance to counteroffer. And you're right, he didn't. The Mets offered him a three-year deal. Texas came in and said, whoa, 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 we don't care about the injuries because we're, we, we're, we already got like $500 million invested in two guys in Seager and Marcus Simeon. So let's add another $200-plus million and only win 69 games this year. Okay? So DeGrom signs the deal, obviously. And then the reports come out that there's you know, in upper management in Metland, that they're kind of relieved that they didn't counter all for this. And Steve Cohen said all the right things. You know, he got to choose his team. Listen, he opted out. He became a free agent. He cho- he got to choose his team. He made the decision that was best for him. And I wish him well and, and all that. You know, and then you got Mets fans attacking Steve Cohen for, for saying that. What's the big deal? There's no, there's no issue at all with, with any of that. In my opinion, there isn't. You know, listen, DeGrom obviously doesn't care about winning because if he did, he would have went to a team that actually is a contender or he would have stayed in Queens with a team that is becoming a contender. <coughs> but he chose the money, he chose the years, he knew what he wanted and he got what he wanted. Now, the other reports coming out that I keep seeing is that this deal with Verlander and the Mets is pretty much a done deal. Which sucks because, again, the Yankees miss out. Even though, you know, Verlander's 39 years old, coming off Tommy John surgery, but the guy's pitching like he's 29. Um, apparently two years, $86 million, which would pay him $43 million a year. And then there's a third-year option. Now, I don't know if it was a player option or a team option. So what you're telling me is that you're going to pay this guy till he's 43 years old. I know the Yankees wouldn't do that. It would probably just be a one-year one deal with a player option or a team option. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't have done that. So if the Yankees lose out on the Verlander sweepstakes, you have no choice but to go and get Carlos Rondon. Just because you, just because if they sign Aaron Judge doesn't mean, you know, that the Yankees should stop exploring other free agents. You know, it's almost like all these reports are, you know, the Yankees sign. When and if the Yankees sign Aaron Judge, you know, that's it. They're done spending. Like they got their golden goose. 
And when you look at the judge sweepstakes, and obviously it's only going to be teams with a shit ton of money that are going to do that are going to go in on this, and it's the Dodgers are in on it, obviously, and the, the Giants are in on it, and then you got the Yankees. Judge ain't going to do nobody no favors, and honestly, nor should he. You know, baseball's a business, and it's a dog-eat-dog world. So if I'm Aaron Judge, just like DeGrom, I'm going for what's been, I'm going for what I'm looking for. Now, obviously, I think Aaron Judge, in the back of his mind, thinks he's going to get Mike Trout money. And that's not the case. Now, would he be the highest paid yearly? Based on the, the, the recent reports that it's an eight-year, $300 million deal. You take in the arbitration year, which was $19 million, So, you know, whatever it is, rounded up 320 over the course of nine years. Does that, would that get it done? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if Judge is willing to really sit there and accept that. Maybe to him that's, maybe to him that's, okay, you added an extra year from the original offer. Okay, which we all know is like seven years at 220, 230, whatever it is. So you added an extra year and you added on an extra 70 million. So he would be close to like 40 million a year if he signs that type of deal. Okay, you know, I haven't seen what the Giants have offered, if they even offered anything, nor the Dodgers. You know, but once the, once the judge deal is done, and judge wants to sign relatively soon, and the whole baseball world wants Aaron Judge to sign real soon, because we hate things like this getting dragged out, because the longer it gets dragged out, the more bullshit rumors come out. You know, oh, well, Aaron Judge met with the Red Sox and, uh, you know, they offered him this, this, and this. And, you know, and if then if he stayed long term, you know, and like took like an advisory role with the Red Sox, we'd like give him like half ownership of the city or, or some nonsense like that. But there was something interesting I was reading on the way in to work this morning. And... You know, it was the comparison between Mike Piazza and DeGrom. Now, obviously, we all know Mike Piazza was a Dodger well before he was a New York Met. But the reason why he's so revered in New York is because of the, the post-9-11 home run. And just the, the spark that he brought to the New York Mets at the time. And with DeGrom, he, he threw that all away. Because DeGrom, the way he just up and left, and the fact that he took the money, and he took the years over winning, the, the salty Met fans are going to look at that and say, well, you know what, I don't give a shit about DeGrom, I don't want the thank you video, you know, I, I'm not going to thank him, I don't care what he did for us, what he didn't do for us, blah, 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 blah. And to fans like you, I say this. It's not a sport anymore. This is a business. If Aaron Judge left New York, okay, and I could say this, and you can go back if I say anything different. If Aaron Judge goes to the Giants because he wants to be closer to home, 
if Aaron Judge went to the Dodgers and didn't stay in New York, okay, you already know why. And it comes down to this. He got what he was looking for. Jacob deGrom did the same thing. Jacob deGrom was in business for himself, like he should be, and he got what he was looking for. He wanted four years, he got six. He wanted X amount of money, he got more than that. But what will he never have? He'll never have that, that winning experience, that going to the World Series experience, as long as he's in Texas. Because Texas could sign anybody they want. Listen, the Marlins did this. Remember when the Marlins were signing everybody? All of a sudden they had this influx of cash and they were, they were signing Jose Reyes and Mark Burlisle and, and this guy and this guy. And then all of a sudden they were nowhere near the playoffs. And they had to take back scraps for all of them because you wanted the teams to pay the contracts and you wanted so much in return. And teams turned around and said, I'm not going to take all these guys plus pay you Plus pay their contracts and then give you half my farm system. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> so, I don't fault Jacob DeGrom. And I wouldn't fault Aaron Judge either. That just means that the Yankees didn't want to go all in. Steve Cohen was not going to go all in. To Steve Cohen and the Mets, they looked at the medicals. Just like the Yankees did. And anybody else who inquired... I highly doubt Texas looked at him because if they did, they probably would have said, oh, 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 we're not offering this. But then again, Texas is so desperate to win that they're paying everybody more money than what they're worth. But you can't fault the Grom for leaving. From a fan standpoint, I can understand why. I can understand why you're upset. You thought that this guy was going to be loyal. You thought this guy was going to be, you know, your high school sweetheart. You know, never break your heart. Never leave your side, right? Eh, that's not the way the real world works. That's not the way the sports world works. And that's not the way the business of sports works. Notice I said business first, followed by sports. Because that's what it is at the end of the day. This isn't like the 70s and the 80s where like Nolan Ryan would sign with somebody for four years at like 2.5 million. And that was like the highest paid contract ever. Okay? This isn't the Michael Jordan era of basketball where guys stayed with their teams because they took whatever was offered. You know, not everybody's going to be Derek Jeter and stay loyal. Not everybody's going to be Michael Jordan and stay loyal or Kobe Bryant and stay loyal to, to one team. That's not the way it is. And that's the evolution of sports all around. It's not just because of one person. Maybe one person set it in motion, but everybody followed suit. And then it changed. Yes, at one point there was loyalty in this thing we call sports. But now, like everything else, it's all about the player himself, the human being himself. It doesn't matter about how much. You think Jacob deGrom <coughs> gives a shit, okay, about, about little Timmy 
spending X amount of money with his dad on a Sunday at City Field to watch him pitch. And now he has to watch him on the MLB Network or the MLB Sports Package or when the or when the Rangers are on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN or when they're playing the Yankees and or if the Rangers come back to Queens to play the Mets. You, you, you think he cares that when he was a Met, you spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars on his merchandise and waited for him to autograph a baseball for you? No. As long as that check comes in, that's all Jacob DeGrom or any other player thinks about. Because again, it's a fucking business. That's it. You can't get attached to the player no more. You can't. Not everybody's going to be, again, a Jeter, a Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is probably the dying breed of loyalty. Hell, even Tom Brady broke loyalty and left New England. And Ben stayed in Pittsburgh. Loyalty is as dead as common sense and common courtesy. It's as simple as that. It really is. And if you're blind and can't see it, I don't know what to tell you. But you could be mad that DeGrom left, and I'm pointing to you, I'm pointing the signs to you why you shouldn't be. Because Jacob DeGrom, at the end of the day, worries about Jacob DeGrom. Just like everybody who listens worries about themselves at the end of the day. Okay? I come to my lovely job that I owe love so much. Okay? And yeah, I got to make sure that that people are taken care of and, and, and this, this, and that. But at the end of the day, you know who I worry about the most? I worry about me. I worry about what I have to take care of outside of this place. And that's what Jacob DeGrom and every other free agent in the past 10 years, since it's became more of a business, has done. It's just mathematical fact. It's just common sense. You know, you you look at guys where, yeah, okay, you figure that they would stay, you know, and maybe give the team a hometown discount. And that's gone away, too. If you really sit here and you thought that Jacob DeGrom was going to leave, you know, 100 plus million on the table to stay in Queens, you might as well go to the Verrazano and jump. Because, because you're as senseless as the next guy. I didn't think a team honestly would give DeGrom all that money and the years. But the Rangers said, hold my beer. Because we're about to fuck shit up. And they did it. And they did it. So, you can't sit there and again, blame DeGrom. You can't do it. DeGrom took what he simply wanted. And what was handed to him. Texas sat there across from him at the table and said, this is what we're prepared to pay you. This is what we're prepared to offer you to leave New York and come to Texas. 
DeGrom looked it over and he didn't even think twice. And you wonder why he didn't think twice and you could sit there and you could say the Mets should have counter offered. There's a reason why the Mets didn't. And there's a reason why in the next three to four years you're going to be thanking Steve Cohen as to why they didn't counter offer. And when we get to that point I will be standing here uttering these words. I fucking told you so. Just remember. Just remember. I told you so. Because his injury-prone history will haunt him in Texas. Unless they have some pitching whisperer that nobody's ever heard of. Other than that, It'll be I told you so. But with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work. So, again, as always, i like to thank everybody who takes the time to, to listen, retweet, everybody who follows. Obviously, my guys, Brent and David, 1420 Sports. Uh, definitely check them out. Again, if, if, if you're listening to me every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever I put episodes out, if you listen to me, you got to listen to them. Also, check out Aaron at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast, another good one. Uh, check out my guys at Two Two Dudes with Sports News uh, Sports Podcast, another good one. Uh, level the sp- Level the Playing Field Sports Podcast, another one to check out. Uh, I'm sure they're happy about the Steeler win as well. Um, definitely check out Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris, another good one. Uh, Nate's Daily Wagers, Average Joe Sports Podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's actually funny. There was a picture yesterday I found of Joe Burrow on Twitter. And I had to send it to him. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it says Joe Burrow looks like Macaulay Culkin playing Jeffrey Dahmer. And 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 what's funny is, is that when I'm watching a Bengal Chief game, instead of calling him Joe Burrow, I just kept screaming "Sack Jeffrey Dahmer!" Would you? And it was pretty funny at my on my end, but whatever. Um, you know, if you're into pro wrestling, definitely check. There's two uh, wrestling uh, podcasts out there. Uh, one is Bray Wyatt Fan Twenty Four. That's his Twitter handle. Check his out. And uh, John, uh, the Wrestling Fans in Sight, is another good wrestling podcast to check out. And to everybody else who follows and retweets, as always, you, you don't go unappreciated. Um, not only by me, but by everybody else that you may follow and retweet for. So, with that being said, stay safe. And as always, peace.